Is Christian Encarnacion Strand just a role player? Who has the most approved in Goodyear this year amongst the Red Spring Training invites? And what viewer will ask the best question? Find out all that and more right now on today's Aloha Live Friday edition of Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, I'm on mute. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for joining us here today on this live Aloha edition of the podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steve Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you want to thank you for taking time out of your day on this Friday, this afternoon to talk some reds with us this snowy afternoon in Ohio. Yes, Steve, we don't care about the weather in Hawaii pipe down already. Will you? Uh, but when it comes to this team, you can trust that we're going to be talking reds every single day, all throughout the season. So thanks for making us part of your day. If you're an everydayer, I want to thank you specifically. You are the reason why we do this. And if you're not an everydayer, what are you doing? Make sure you become an everydayer right now. Today on the podcast, we are going to look at the invites to spring training. There were a couple of prospects that got the invite, got the call, as it were, to go to Goodyear for the big league camp. We're going to talk about who has the most approve out of that group. We're going to look at this roster projection, these starters that the that MLB Network has projected, and they missed two guys. I'm very curious as to why CES and Nick Lodolo were snubbed the way that they were. And then, of course, we will get into your questions and comments later on in the show. Before we get to all that, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and use promo code LOCKED ON to save $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Steve, where we want to start with is the Reds have invited a number of prospects to spring training. A couple of guys that we at some point this season expect to see in some capacity. So when you look at this list, who has the most to prove? That's a really hard question to answer because I don't know that it's about proving as much as it is who has the most to gain from a great performance in Goodyear to start spring training amongst the invites. And for me, it's the guy that I keep banging the drum and saying, I don't want him anywhere near the major leagues in 2024. And that's Rhett Louder. I think he is the guy that could go in to Goodyear and really make it difficult for the Reds if he's just lights out. Because there are a, there are a million reasons that say the smart thing to do with him, no matter what happens in Arizona, is send him off to AAA. I mean, his arm is not conditioned to a major league season. He's not thrown that many innings. He's coming off arm injuries. He's super young, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, I know these Reds fans because I'm one of them. And I know, like, they'll feel like I'll feel if he's lights out, Jeff, I'm going to be like, I want to see that dude. I want to see him in Cincinnati. Let's go. So I think he has he has the most to gain from a, a, a tremendous spring training effort. He really does. And, and you look at this group, there are eight players in total that got the invite uh, from the prospect side of things for the Reds. You had four pitchers and four position players. Uh, you had Rhett Lauder. You also have Chase Petty. 
Zach Maxwell, who I think I, I've been reading before, kind of projects to be more of a bullpen guy. And then Julian Aguiar, who he's a little bit lower down in the minor leagues and earlier on in his minor league career than some of these guys. But when it comes to this list, a lot of talent on the pitching side. Then you go over to the position players. You have catcher Michael Troutwine. You have two infielders and in Edwin Arroyo and Tyler Callahan. Callahan's a guy, that's a name that we remember from years past, but he's kind of fallen off the prospect list a little bit. And then you have an outfielder, a guy that we talked about a little bit this offseason, Blake Dunn. Probably the biggest argument to Rhett Louder as much as who has the most to gain from a hot spring training. But I think you're right. I think like if you were to rank these prospects uh, that are getting the big league invite, it's Rhett Louder number one, Blake Dunn number two, as far as who is closest to the major leagues. And then you probably see it's it's probably a toss-up between Zach Maxwell and Tyler Callahan, just because Tyler Callahan's getting up there as far as years in the minor leagues and stuff like that. Um, and then Chase Petty is an outlier. I don't think that he's going to make it to the major leagues this season, but I, I'm with you. I, I think that Rhett Louder is the guy that has the most to gain from all of this because he's coming in so hot out of college. Wake Forest is very much known for its pitching uh, a pitching lab and the way that it's able to develop pitchers and a lot of folks, like if you ask our friend Lindsey Crosby over at Lockdown MLB Prospects, they come out of pitchers come out of Wake Forest almost like ready to hit the ground running in the major leagues. And and then I temper that expectation though because man, I don't want to give this guy the hunter the hunter green treatment, but it doesn't take into account those other things the the arm strain that was already there. The fact that the Reds didn't let him pitch last year, once they got him, they didn't let him pitch a single solitary inning. Uh, all of those things make me want to proceed with caution. And I think the Reds are in a position that if they really truly get to a point that they need him, this 2024 season has been a disaster. There are so many other names on that list that I really, I really want him to go have a lights out spring and then be put on a, a pitch management program throughout the entire season. But I think even at that, even if the Reds were to tell him, like I've been saying, that you're not going to make the major leagues in 2024, there's still a lot for him to gain from having a successful spring training because it will, it will set the table for 2025. And that's really where I think the Reds are going to see him in the rotation. Uh, beginning of 2025. I expect him to be in the rotation open, not the opening day starter, but from the time the team breaks camp 2025. So this, this 2024 uh, spring training has a lot of upside for him. Uh, and, and to your point on Blake Dunn, I, I think you're right in that if we're going to do this pitcher position player, Blake Dunn is the guy that has the most to gain from a really solid spring because we've been asking the question, who is going to be that next outfielder? Neither one of us think it's Stuart Fairchild. Neither one of us think that the long-term solution to the outfield currently exists on the major league roster. We've talked about patchwork options, right? Well, maybe CES could play out there a little bit. Maybe Jonathan India could be serviceable. Blake Dunn could play himself into being the long-term solution in the Reds outfield. And by the by, solution in the outfield, you mean right-handed bat solution. Will Benson probably figures to be long-term on the left-handed side, but yes. you need a right-handed side of the platoon for Will Benson. Um, and yeah, Blake Dunn could be that guy. And 
I want to stress too, we're not talking about look at their stats in spring training. There's there's a lot of eye test that goes into evaluating spring training performances. How do they look? Do they look overmatched? Do they look like they're they're just up there getting lucky? Because there are so many players that we can talk about who had amazing spring training statistics that didn't amount to a hill of beans during the regular season, looking at the Neftali Sotos of the world, that when it comes to the numbers, don't get overbent on how their batting average looks or what their ERA is. That doesn't matter. Spring training stats don't matter. It's all about how they evaluate the eye test, and that's really where the scouts, the position coaches, the former players that they bring back to spring training to kind of be like advisors and stuff like that. That's where those guys make their money because that's what they rely on is how those guys evaluate their performances. Uh, that, that's true. I mean, if we were using the spring training statistics to, to make our decisions, Amir Garrett would be a hall of famer. Uh, you know, he struck out every guy he faced. He'd be getting that, that Josh Hader money right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Man, what a lot of $95 million for Hader. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, five years for Houston, ninety-five five million years, dollars. Yeah. He was never going to be a red. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he was not. So Jeff, is but, there outside of those two guys? Is there anybody else you want to talk about here, real quick, with another minute? I'm not, uh, not on this prospect list. I've seen some names, some folks talking about some different guys who have a lot that they can kind of prove in spring training. I, I do think that there is some non-roster guys who could at least put themselves on the depth chart. I don't think Justin Bruil can make the 26-man roster. He is another left-handed guy. He's a non-roster invite. If, if you didn't see that, he is a minor league signing with an invite to spring training. Left-handed relief pitcher. The Reds have Sam Maul and Brent Suter. If they have three lefties in the bullpen, that'd be kind of cool, but that also means that there's one of those other eight guys that we that is not going to make it, and I just don't see Justin Bruil breaking into the top eight right now. Could he be 9, 10, 11, something like that? That's where spring training is going to prove for him. And then I also saw someone put in Noel V. Marte's name. I kind of want to see Noel V. Marte come hell or high water at third base. Like, I, I think he's got the talent. I don't know what more he can show in spring training. I think it's just he's got to keep getting the reps in the regular season. But I know this. The eight prospects that the Reds have invited to this, it's, it's Rhett Louder, Blake Dunn got a lot that they can gain from a really nice spring training. So I'm very excited to see him. I'm excited to see all these guys, especially Julian Aguiar. I think he's still a little bit ways down the road when it comes to his major league clock, but he's shown a lot of talent at the Reds' lower levels. And if he can keep doing that, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in the rotation conversation coming up here pretty soon. Well well, one thing's for sure, Jeff, spring training 2024 is going to mean more than spring training has meant in a long, long time. And a lot of guys are going to have the opportunity to prove a lot of things. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch. All right. I don't know if you saw this or not, Jeff, but CES and Nick Lodolo were both snubbed by some national talking heads, and it created for a very interesting pair of graphics that have been circulating around social media. Coming up next, we are going to discuss whether or not CES and Nicoladolo are just part-time pieces for the Cincinnati Reds. I think we all know the answer to that, but we're going to dig into it coming up next. 
before we get to that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time has plenty of last minute tickets to your favorite team. They also make it easy to get in the gate with flash deals and zone deals. Game Time makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got the views from all seats in the venue. Game Time. They have the lowest price guaranteed. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you can create account and redeem with the code Locked On to save twenty dollars off your first purchase. Jeff and I use this app all the time. It's how we get into Great American Ballpark. I can't tell you the number of times I have used that app while crunching some tacos and drinking a beer in the Dora and then heading across the street. Great deals. Just download the Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of the Locked On Network, plus all of the national shows on the network covering every league. Just go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, gang, coming up next week, I think it's safe to tease this now. Next week on Locked on Reds, beginning of the week, I'm not sure if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday, Jeff. You can answer back. But Lucas Sims, uh, closer 1B maybe of the Reds bullpen, joins the show to kick off the week next week. Yeah, I, I, we're going to release this on Monday. Uh, it's nice to have him on. We've been able to talk to him the past couple of off seasons, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what his thoughts are on all of these additions. I mean, obviously his spot is pretty well set on this roster, but he's got to be feeling pretty good about the guys that are coming into the Reds for this season. So he's going to be on the show with us on Monday. All right, Jeff, I don't know if you caught this. I, I'm sure you did coming across the varied social media platforms, but a national prediction of what the Reds rotation and starting lineup was going to look like. And I think they got both of them wrong because in the rotation, there was no mention of Nicola Dolo. They weren't relying on him at all to be part of this Reds rotation. And if you ask anybody around Cincinnati, including, oh, I don't know, the Cincinnati Reds, they're going to tell you that Nicola Dolo is on track to be back, to be healthy, to be 100%, and he's going to be in this rotation. So they yeah. they totally missed the boat on their prediction with Nicola Dolo. And it, it just it has me wondering about these national guys and the amount of, of effort they put in before they, they put things out there. And to further that along, when they released the lineup, no Christian Encarnacion Strand. Not as a designated hitter, not as an outfielder, not as a first baseman. I find this interesting because, especially from the Lodolo side, this is not the first time that I've seen someone expect him to not be in the rotation. In fact, the Zips projections for the Reds right now, uh, the, or the early indication of them, have Nick Lodolo only starting about half the games that he pitches in this year. He's going; They have him pitching in a decent amount of games, but they only have him starting so many. Like, There's a lot of people that some, some reason, for some reason, believe he's going to begin the season as a bullpen pitcher. And I don't know why that's like a narrative. I don't know why that's a thing right now, because if he's healthy, he's in the rotation. I don't see any value to him being a relief pitcher. 
No, I, I completely agree with that. And moving him, listen, moving him to the bullpen signals a lot of things. It signals that the Reds front office got it wrong with him, that they don't think he's going to be a, a, a viable starter in Major League Baseball. And there's nobody that believes that. There's there's nobody that thinks that. So I don't know where this is coming from. Everything that Nick Craw has said is the exact opposite of this. Uh, everything that David Bell has said is the exact opposite of this. And, and really, uh, the moves that they've made with this bullpen and, and the pitchers that they have in this bullpen – uh, there would have to be a significant money-costing cut at this point to make room for Nick Lodolo in this bullpen. So I, I don't know if this is 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 a speculation on his health by the national guys. And I could I would listen to that argument. At the end of it, I wouldn't agree with it. I wouldn't agree that there's a scenario where he goes to the bullpen. But I would listen to somebody if they wanted to argue that we don't think he's ever going to be healthy. We think the best the Reds can hope for is to stick him in the bullpen the, uh, with his limited availability and move on from there. I could see someone making that pitch, uh, but I don't agree with it. I think the the highest best use of Nick Lodolo and his talent is a starting pitcher, uh, number yeah. two, number three in the rotation, and, and you just go from there. And I think, too, the, the thing with CES, they had Jonathan India, so they, they were looking at the – most likely everyday lineup for the Reds. First of all, there's not going to be an everyday lineup for the Reds. There's going to be a lot of different lineups that the Reds use, but they had Jonathan India as the primary DH. And if I'm picking between India and CES, I want CES to get more at bats this year. That's just how I feel about that. And then if you want to say, well, it's between CES and Noel V. Marte, uh, then I, I still want to see CES more than Noel V. Marte, but I think you can move things around so that, CES, Noevi Marte, and Jamer Candelario all get at bats in this lineup. I mean, Candelario is going to play mostly every day. And I really think Noevi Marte and CES should as well. So the fact that CES himself was left off, we're talking about a dude that showed so much power last year that if you're going to revert him to a part-time player, you are going to waste him. He is an everyday player. Well, and let's and let's talk about the elephant in the room because the reason that he was not in that lineup is they projected Jonathan India as the designated hitter over Christian Encarnacion yeah. Strand. And that is just lunacy in my mind. There's no scenario where you know what it that is? is the case. I, I think there's two reasons. There's two things as to why MLB Network did this. MLB Network projected these starters based on money that they're making and years that they've played. I think that's what it is because they picked Nick Martinez in the rotation over Nick Lodolo and they picked Jonathan India in the starting lineup over CES. That's the only reason I could explain that because I just don't see it. I see there's more upside to Nick Lodolo in the rotation than Nick Martinez. I think Nick Martinez is going to be a very valuable pitcher, but I think his biggest value is kind of going between the bullpen and the rotation. And then obviously just give, give CES. CES should never come out of the lineup uh, unless he's hurt. He should not be out of the lineup. Interesting with Nick Martinez, you know, if everything goes right, for the Cincinnati Reds. And if all of the starting pitchers are the starting pitchers, we want them to be Nick Martinez does not start a game for the Cincinnati Reds in 2024. That's the reality of it. He will be right. a just strictly bullpen guy. If everybody's healthy. And if, if the starting pitching depth is what we believe it is going to be, uh, he won't even necessarily have to be the guy to slide in. If there's a double header, if somebody needs to miss a turn, uh, there'll be other guys that they can use. So 
when they signed Nick Martinez, yes, it made sense. The conversation about him being a starting pitcher, but the Frankie Montas deal kind of changed all of that. No, I, I agree with that. And I think that if we were to look at this and say the best case scenario, it means everything's going right. Nick Lodolo in the rotation. Nick Martinez is in the bullpen. CES is playing every day. Jonathan India fills in where needed. I think that's that's the best case for this team when you're looking at all of the talent in this. And yeah, Shred of 2000 actually has a good point. CES in right field against lefties. Would love to see it. Would love to see it. He's got a great arm from, from what we have seen, and I think that he can play a pretty decent right field. The range might be a little bit of a factor, but I just don't see... I, I don't see a scenario where you can take CES out of lineup and say that you have your best lineup on the field. And, and Kurt Baker hits a great point as to why I think it's not I mean, necessarily going to be Nick Martinez that would slide into the rotation. If there's a double header, if someone needs mm -hmm. to skip a turn because Williamson is kind of the odd man out now, he's probably going to start the season at triple a in the bats rotation. And he was showing a lot of progress. He did exactly what you and I predicted he would do, which is work with Derek Johnson and get better every time out. And I think that I think he's probably your sixth guy. Speaking of um, uh, speaking of uh, Williamson being in Louisville, TJ Leonard a little bit earlier in the show said this Louisville bats have the best rotation in AAA. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, there's not a guy. The whole pitching staff. There's not a guy in that rotation. Like it, it's so great. And we talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm not going to go crazy with it, but it's so great to see the pitching depth of the reds that there are an entire rotation worth of guys in Louisville that if the reds have to call on someone in an emergency situation, I'm happy that they call on any one of those guys because the reds have a lot of talent, even now in AAA, where kind of felt like these last couple of years, Triple A was this no man's land of like quadruple A players that we really didn't want to see in Major League Baseball, but they had to fill out a roster somehow. Now the bats really seem to have a lot of talent, and that just goes to show the depth that Nick Crawl has built in this organization. But I think that it's clear. You and I both agree. MLB Network snubbed the crap out of CES and Lodolo, and those guys, given health, you know, if they're totally healthy, are going to be in the starting rotation and in the starting lineup. All right, Steve, it's that time. We got Q's and A's coming up. Your questions, your comments, everything. We're going to be responding to them as we are on this live Aloha edition of the podcast. That is coming up right after this. Because first, we're going to talk about another one of today's sponsors. This today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel. FanDuel is the best way to enjoy sports. Look, it's it's the NFL playoffs. You got UFC 297 coming up this weekend. There's so much that you can get into over on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown, and your first $5 wager that you place is going to get you $150 in bonus bets back, win or lose, guaranteed. Check them out today. I really enjoy FanDuel. I mean, you talk about all the different sports with the NFL playoffs. You know, we've got the divisional round, four great games coming up this weekend. I love throwing a couple of bones on the UFC uh, card that's coming up. Plus, you've got futures. The Reds are still really not getting a whole lot of credit from Vegas. They're not the favorites to win the NL Central, which, by the way, we actually had a conversation with our friend Chuck Freeman over at Lockdown Brewers about all of that. He thinks the Reds have a really good shot to win the division. And if you think that, you should go to FanDuel right now and place a bet on the Reds' uh, 
division future, which is at plus 450. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up today. Your first $5 wager will get you $150 in bonus bets back, win or lose. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. In between episodes, you can follow Steve and myself. You can follow us on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Uh, also, make sure you join the Locked On Reds Discord page. A lot of great folks talking Reds baseball over there. Got the link in the description of today's episode. We'd be happy to have you. And make sure you follow us over at InsideTheReds.com. We're writing about the Reds when we're not talking about the Reds inside the reds.com bookmark it today all right steve we've got uh folks they've been active in the comments section. i've been seeing them uh going on by uh who who we come who's leading off here what's what we got we're going with this because we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this guy and i have some questions for you along these lines alex watts asks about or, or makes a statement about jake fraley saying fraley is his everyday right fielder against lefties and i'm assuming that uh, over will benson so what's your take on that? And do you think that Fraley is actually going to be around to start the season? I know that there's been some national stories now. Uh, there were local stories for a while, but national stories talking about the fact that his young daughter is in fact going through a battle with cancer right now. And I just, I don't know that Jake Fraley and rightfully so should have baseball as his number one priority. So I'm, I'm curious what his availability is actually going to be. Yeah, that's 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 a, a heck of a thing. And, you know, my my heart goes out to him, prayers and sympathies and stuff. And I, I hate the fact that that is something that we have to discuss when it comes to a guy's availability to play because it's a game. And ultimately, it's not as anywhere near as important as his daughter as his daughter is. And I, I hate that he has to go through that. And um, I, I really think if we're debating the merits of them on the field, I think Jake Fraley is a better defender. I think that he has better routes. Well, Will Benson showed a very strange inconsistency with routes to fly balls out in the outfield and things like that. Uh, I, I think Will Benson is a slightly better arm, but I think overall Fraley is a better defender. I think Will Benson's a better hitter. Um, Jake Fraley came up in some clutch moments. He he had some clutch RBIs last year, but I also think that's kind of where he bats in the lineup. For some reason, he bats in the middle of the order and Will Benson bats in the bottom of the order. And I don't necessarily think that's indicative of their talent. I think Will Benson is a better hitter than Jake Fraley is. So I think at the end of the day, it's a little bit of a, do we have a fly ball pitcher on the mound or do we have a ground ball pitcher on the mound? Because the Reds, I mean, getting Frankie Montas, he is a ground ball pitcher, which is great to see. They, they need more guys like that. And they, I mean, Andrew Abbott's a fly ball pitcher. So maybe you have Jake Fraley in the game whenever Andrew Abbott's on the mound, but it's hard for me because both are so talented and with Spencer steer and left and Jake Fraley is a better center fielder than Will Benson is. So you could see him pushing TJ Friedel a little bit there, but I, I still feel like I want Will Benson over Jake Fraley. Well, let's stay in the outfield and nice segue. Interesting. You bring up TJ Friedel because that's the next thing from Kerry right now. Is there anyone that could replace TJ Friedel in case he can't play? Uh, and I'm going to add to that, Jeff, or in case uh, his success against left-handed pitching proved to be an outlier. Uh, is mm -hmm. there anybody the Reds can stick out there? And in my mind, for a right-handed platoon right now, the only answer to that is gasp Jose Barrero. And as far as then, if he can't play at all, then you're looking at which of Will Benson or TJ Fre or uh, Jake Fraley could fill in in center field. 
I think then you do see Jake Fraley play in center field, at least against righties. We, we've talked about this a lot. Jake Fraley, Will Benson, not good against left-handed pitching. It's just not happening. So you're going to be putting your lineup at a disadvantage if you have both of them in there, let alone just one. So yeah, you've got to go with at least one righty there against the left-handed pitcher. That's where we talked about Jose Barrero is going to have his shot. And look, it's not going to be a lot. There's not, they don't play. What was it? I, I looked at the number and I think that it's something like 33% or 35% of their at bats last season as a team, everyone's at bats put into a jar. 35% of those came against lefties. So you're still talking about 65% of the time you can run Jake Fraley and Will Benson out there, but that still means that there's a small opportunity for Jose Barrero to prove himself a little bit. And as of right now, that's that's kind of what you're looking at because then you get into the Stuart Fairchilds of it. Are you going to bring up Blake Dunn super early? You know, what's that going to look like? And I just don't think they're ready to do that yet. And I think that's why we kept saying they needed to make a move for a right-handed outfielder. All right. Randy checks in and says he cannot wait for the Reds caravan next week and points out that there are just 69 days to go until opening day. Let's go. And speaking of 69 days to go, the greatest red to ever wear the number 69 for the Cincinnati Reds. I didn't know this. Silvino Bracho, the greatest red to ever wear the number 69 for the Cincinnati Reds. Unless you think B.T. Cromer from the year 2000 was a better red to wear the number 69. There's been two. I just find it fun. like, come on, like pe- there's more people with senses of humor than that. Someone else has got to pick the number 69, but yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting that that number has only been given out just a couple of times. I think I'm going DT Cromer over Solvino Braccio, but it's a close one. I mean, that's a recency, very tough recency bias. <laughs> no, that's why I said DT Cromer over Solvino Braccio. Oh, that's not, why not. I'm saying Solvino. Braccio. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, I didn't get to make the joke earlier because you just rolled right into the show, but I want you to know that you do your best work when your mute button is on. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's a good question. And I'm going to use Greg as the way, if I can get it to come up on the screen, Greg says he would take Blake Dunn at this point over Barrero. And I saw a couple other comments, Jeff, in the comment section go by talking about who we would replace Barrero with on the roster. People don't want that spot taken up by Jose Barrero. Here's the thing, though. That spot, that 26th man, that last man on the bench is not going to get a lot of playing time. So I don't want that to be Blake Dunn. I don't want that to be anybody that I think is going to be a long-term valuable contributor to the Reds. I don't want that to take away from their development. I don't want that to take away from their ability to get better. Uh, I think at this point, unless the Reds went out and got a right-handed power bat that was going to sit on the bench versus right-handed pitching, only play versus lefties, Jose Barrero is probably your safest option to stick down there at the end of the bench, given his positional flexibility. Uh, until the Reds made a move for somebody else. I don't think there's another guy in the organization right now that I would swap out given the playing time restrictions that are going to come along with that particular roster spot. No, and I, if you're looking at some guys who are available on the roster, we, we talked about Michael A. Taylor. He's more defense, more defensive than at the plate. Um, so his his hitting statistics are probably going to be comparable to 
you know, like Stuart Fairchild or something like that. Or if you go get Adam Duvall, Adam Duvall showed in the past he could play center field, but I don't know that he can play center field now. And if he does, then you're probably talking about a bit of a defensive uh, deficiency out there. That That's kind of tough for me because they, they're already gambling a bit by having Spencer Steer out in left field. And we've talked about, you know, Will Benson struggles a little bit. So if you're going to have one position that you really need to make sure that you're locked down at, you need to be locked down at center field. And Jose Barrero at at least has shown a good glove out there. So I think it's still Jose Barrero right now. But yeah, it's it's a little bit a little bit rough for me to to really back that idea. I I almost would feel better if they go out and they get um Michael A. Taylor. All right. For the audio only folks, we're going to do a wrap here. Uh, you folks live with us here on YouTube. Stick around. We're going to keep on keeping on for the audio folks. Uh, the rest of the Q&A will be a bonus episode in your feed a little bit later today. But before we get out of here, uh, I want to circle back to earlier in the week and address Jeff and I and our egregious error on the career Reds conversation. Yes, we forgot Davy Concepcion. Yes, we forgot Ron Oster. Uh, that's on us. Our bad. I, in my memory, Davey had gone and played somewhere else for a year. Went and looked it up after you guys got in the comment section. You all are absolutely correct. We missed it. We blew it. We're sorry. Um, our point remains. Barry Larkin will probably be the last career red. Uh, Jeff, any other take yeah, I mean on that? That, that was something that's like, yes, there were some career reds that we forgot, but at the end of the day, it's not that many. It's not like we're missing a whole 26-man roster or something like that of guys that were career reds during the free agency era. It's just not that common, and that's one of those things that it's it's fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, I think we're done seeing that. Like, I'd be surprised. The only one I could kind of see is if Tyler Stevenson really kind of balls out a little bit this year. Maybe they give him a long-term deal, and then you can kind of work that long-term deal continuously. But also, good hitting catchers are pretty uh, are a pretty hot commodity. So I don't know, man. I don't see it happening. I just don't. All right. For the audio folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure you are subscribed because coming up next week, Lucas Sims joins us out of the bullpen. We're going to the bullpen, Jeff. We're bringing in Lucas Sims. He's going to talk story with us and tell us how he feels about all of the Reds' recent additions. We'll have that for you coming up next week. Uh, make sure you are here because we will keep you locked on Reds every single day.